So episode two of the rebuild series, season two, um, starting it off now. Well, we started it last week, actually last week with um, the episode of what could 2022 hold for architects. And a lot was spoken about like the trends that will come up on Google and, you know, my opinion and my thoughts on where architecture and design is going to be leading us um, through this year. And maybe some of the possibilities that by the end of the year, what could happen and kind of like this turning point that we find ourselves in. Um, I think I referenced it to like, you know, our own modern rena renaissance in a way, um, which is actually quite exciting when you think about it. Like we're in this kind of difficult stage, I think, of not knowing really what to do in a way. And it's like previous generations and not even generations, but like previous um, styles and uh, eras of architecture had their own distinct um, personalities, characteristics and trends of thought. And in our own generation right now, it kind of feels like we're mixing what we see around us and mixing um, whether it be from arts technology to the fashion different cultures different um, backgrounds and inspiration and mixing that with like classical orders of architecture and previous thoughts and kind of from that creating our own our own voice and our own our own style of work which is okay i guess because i remember one of the tutors telling me this week that you not necessarily when you start a project you have to have a your own style your style comes from understanding what's what's come before and understanding what's happening right now in order to not only create uh, an acknowledgement for yourself but then through that your style comes through when you're mixing all of these ideas together in order to create the optimal solution to the site that you're working on and i guess that's kind of true in a way that Right now, I feel like this this new cohort of designers, we're just we're just experimenting, we're testing, and maybe this is like setting us up for something in the future that could benefit us, or something in the future that this then leads us to have our own identity as designers and architects. Um, you know, there's there's specific individuals in each field that we kind of like, okay, this style is this person's style of work, or this type of house or this type of structure fits with this um, architecture practice, but. I don't know, I feel like the, although it's a very multidisciplinary um, profession, there's not really any like standout characters that be like, okay, this is the direction that we want to take, um, you know, 2022 onwards architecture or post 2020 or, you know, a decade of architecture styles or this this current century. Well, maybe, you know, a century is an awful lot of time, but I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity and it's actually quite exciting. Um, all the things that we've been taught in architecture schools and all the things that we see around us, what practices are delving themselves into and what they're actually working on. You know, it's not necessarily any like architecture related projects that go on in practice. Um, and that's the exciting thing. And also, what I just wanted to add to that as well was um, the different projects that you're given. No two projects are the same. You could be given, you know, residential, commercial, mixed use and all these, all these lovely things, but I think it's the approach that we have and the approach that practices take that will create that definition. Um, I think we're yet to see that. I feel like there's this sense that people want to, you know, mod modernize um, the environments around them. And it's got its own style to it. There's nothing distinct, distinguishing it from everything else around it or different cities. So I think it's really interesting. I think it's quite exciting. But um, yeah, going on to this week's episode of uh, Can Architecture Change the World? There's a couple of topics that I wanted to raise up and you know I think that well although the episodes are being released monthly not monthly although the episodes are being released weekly um, it really depends on what happens throughout the week that kind of determines what I speak about in these episodes you know the titles although they're like um, 
already planned and already organized in the way that I know what week I want to talk, what I want to talk about the the kind of experiences and the discussions I have during the week really do dictate you know before I press the record button what I'm going to speak about and something that was became like more uh, evident this week well apparently in the not apparently but evidently in the past couple of weeks is that something that's related to the title of can architecture change the world is you know world conflict and the unfortunate devastating scenes that we see right now could architecture be a solution or part of the solution to this can we be creating environments you know it's not necessarily one-off buildings or standalone structures that could provide solutions to these but it's kind of this interconnection and the relationship that the the buildings and the structures and the environments that we create on a larger scale and not just on um, a specific site that could contribute towards this there's you know more issues in regards to global issues such as climate change and each country and each continent having their own internal challenges the different climate the people the religion the culture the equality inequality the different types of inequality you know it goes on and on and on and it's quite hard to keep up with you know how do we respond to this because normal like schemes take a couple of years from planning designing to then constructing and you know you have to think ahead you have to think about how are people going to be using this space by the time it actually gets built and that's such a hard thing to do because right now although like the digital age is moving so quickly what about the the real life what about the real life environments that we inhabit that we use that we work in that we walk through how are these adapting how are these changing based on human behavior and how as designers and architects can we give enough time for change to keep up with our design or are we just not designing um, in response to the difference in time and that's, that's just a, something that plays on my mind and the tutors bring it up to us as well at university like the spaces that you're creating fantastic you're responding to the site at the given time but what happens when you're tracking the global changes the climate of the space things could be um, underwater the land will be how are you designing in response to the natural events that are happening in this area but I think another thing that although we can't predict we can at least think about and challenge through our designs about what ifs you know I remember from school of doing like computing or IT of you know there's a thing on the on the databases that you do like what if questions and then the code kind of runs itself could this be adapted to architecture could we be kind of designing what if responses to the buildings and the structures that we design i think that's quite interesting i think that's quite unspoken about but then it also relates to what was spoken about in the previous episode about um collaborating with other with other professions and other creatives all these missed out opportunities that we kind of um, put on the side and put on the back burner these could be actually detrimental factors of the profession why are we not moving it forward why are we not taking the risks becoming an architect comes with a lot of responsibility and you know it's no surprise that whether it's at university or uh, taking work experience and practices there's a lot of part two architects and I always ask the question you know you've done so many years of practice as a part two why have you not gone on to to do the part three and you know nearly not all of them but i'd say 90 95 percent of them are like it comes with a huge responsibility and i'm comfortable where i'm at i'm designing i'm taking part in the projects i do the site visits i do nearly everything that an architect does apart from i you know it's the it's being held accountable for your designs if something goes wrong the architect is the fundamental person 
um, that is responsible for anything that goes on with that project so i think it's more of a they just want less stress there's less uh, responsibility and less being held accountable for some of the work that goes on now the question could be asked that are we during like architecture schools not preparing the students enough for this for them to take the risks for them to experiment in their designs in the ways that they want to affect the landscape or the places that they're designing for uh, could we be changing the program the educational structure during universities it's a three-year undergrad two-year masters that's a lot of time it goes by quickly but it's an awful lot of time um, and lots of people not wanting to take that final step it's just one final step and you're a licensed architect in the UK and not that many people want to do it um, and could this also be another factor that benefits to architecture changing the world that we don't have enough maybe if more people for who were part twos um, I'm not sure what it's like in the other country I know like the um, system in America is different but ultimately speaking from like a UK standpoint why are we not encouraging these designers and these incredible critical thinkers to then just do the final step because it's not until you become um, the licensed architect that you can be running the projects um, or being in charge and ha having that responsibility pushing through with design I don't know I think it's it's a lot of things unspoken about in practice and especially in architecture schools um, and you know it's I don't know I feel like I feel like we're kind of losing touch with it um, everyone's waiting for someone else to, to kind of start the conversation no one's willing to put themselves forward to start with um, it's a ripple effect it's a ripple effect because it not only affects that side of the profession but everything else that comes with it you know we need to be uh, we're so focused on designing and sorting out structures what about the structure of our own profession you know it's it's a it's a conversation but it's more than that it's things have to be done um, and I think it's quite interesting not only the, the direction that the RIBA um, is taking but also factors such as um, the, R the ARB sorry the ARB are bringing into architecture schools and what's needed for students to um, have in their work before it's being accepted for them to get marked and to eventually graduate um, so yeah I know there's a, there's a couple of points in there that kind of overlap to each other but I think again it just relates to missed out opportunities for architects and the profession of architecture to change the world I've written down as well so what's needed a new way of thinking and that's going to be through the education and the designers and the aspiring architects themselves and um, I know I remember in the previous uh, episodes of the rebuild series I, I went on so much about it being the importance of a cross-discipline approach um, and how significant it is that we have to work with other people from the other creative professions and non-creative as well so I, need, I think I need to for my own self I need to do more research into this uh, which will then help the, the future episodes to come that I can speak about it in more, much more detail rather than bringing it up every time but it also begs the question of you know how long is it going to take for us to catch up to the issues in real time a couple of minutes ago I was telling you about from getting that planning to, to uh, creating the proposals to then the structures being built that's years in the making and you know who would have pr uh, predicted uh, coronavirus five years ago who would have predicted um, the invasions that are going on right now why are architects not being involved in this could we be involved is it just a matter of the fact that we are keeping ourselves out of the conversation 
or are we strictly um, restricting ourselves? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested to know. I'm really interested to find out why people or why practices aren't being bolder in their work, in the aspirations that they have. Um, I think it's only going beyond what's required. And you know, in university you're told, go beyond the brief. Okay, let me step into practice. How can we go beyond um, conventional means of design in practice? Or are we afraid because people are more concerned about making a living, which is understandable, don't get me wrong, but for the future of the profession to then provide further opportunities for young cohorts in the next set of designers, why are we not taking these steps? I'm just trying to read, you know, I've, although it's not scripted, I've written down some notes to kind of bring up. And um, it says, in order to change the world through design, we must learn how to create changes in the places we as designers inhabit and experience to then translate and adapt and apply to other cities, countries in different continents with different needs. And I think that's a, I think that's how I'm going to end this podcast. I think, well, today, <laughs> not, not the whole podcast series, but today's episode in we as designers, we as aspiring architects, young, old, experienced, inexperienced, we need, we need to take the risks. We need to understand that the work that we do now, the projects that we get involved in, are not only setting the profession up for you know, future growth, it's set, setting us up as humans for understanding how we can provide solutions to the problems that we see. We can become involved more in the conversations and just taking that element of, I don't know what it is, it's, um, taking the element of uh, being afraid out. We need to be bolder. We need to be more confident. There's lots of elements or, you know, people call it soft skills, but there's a lot of soft skills that many architects don't have. And I think, you know, that could be the, that could be the factor of a great profession and a great designer and a poor profession and poor designers. So, you know, with that being said, can architecture change the world? Yes. Yes, it can. It has. It continues to do so, but at a steady pace. A lot of opportunities on the table. Are we just willing to willing to risk it to go there? Thank you so much for listening. Um, and yeah, I'll see you next week. Well, I'll speak to you next week.